your life. So whatever it is that's on your mind right now, I dare you to release it in your praise and in your worship right now. I dare you to let go of everything, whatever it is that's hindering you, whatever it is that's blocking your flow on this morning. Well, if it's your kids, put your kids in the hands of God. If it's your spouse, put your spouse in the hands of the Lord. If it's your finances, put your finances in the hands of the Lord. If it's your mind, put your mind in the hands of the Lord. Let go of whatever it is that's on you right now. Shake off everything that's on you that's not of God. He is not the God of confusion, but he's a God of order. He is not the God of worry. He is not the God of all of those things. But put your mind, set your mind on God. Set your heart on God. I tell you right now to just let it go. I dare you right now just to let it go. I dare you right now just to let it go. Let nothing hit you. Let nothing block you. Shake it off. Whatever it is that's not of God, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Don't let the devil torment your mind any longer. Don't let the devil place thoughts in your mind that's not of him. Shake off everything. Cast your cares on him. For he cares for you. Everything, 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 everything. Let it go today. Let it go. You walked in here heavy, but you leave out of here light today. But you make up in your mind, you make up in your mind today that I'm leaving out of this place different than how I came in. Don't let the cares of this world Monday through Saturday interfere with your worship and praise. Don't let your worship and your praise be filtered by jacked up stuff before God on today. Let it go, 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 let it go. Tell your father all about it. Tell daddy all about it. Let it go. 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 Something about that name, Jesus. The demons tremble at the sound of his name. There's something that when you're in trouble and you just call on that name Jesus. Then when you're sick in your mind and you don't know what to do and you call on that name Jesus. Then when you're sick in your body and you don't know what to do and you call on that name Jesus. When you feel all the wham on the world that's coming at you from every direction but you call on that name Jesus. Come on, saints, release it today. 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 Whatever is on your mind, whatever is on your heart, give it to the Lord today. In the name of Jesus. Give it to him today. Your future, give it to him. Your destiny, give it to him. Your purpose, give it to him. Your life, give it to him. Give him everything. Give him everything. Give him your all. Give him your all. Give him your all. Give him your all. Give him your all today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for being the lifter of our heads, Lord. Thank you.
thank you for being a present help in the time of trouble. God, thank you for being a heart fixer and the mind regulator, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, put those hands as quick as you can. Come on, open up your mouth and give God your best praise on today. Come on, give him your best praise on today. Give him your best praise on today. Your best praise, your best praise, your best praise. Your best praise, your best praise, your best praise, your best praise. Come on, give it to him. Your best praise, your best praise, your best praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is a good God. God is a good God. He's an awesome God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worry has to go. God has not called for your mind to be confused. Confusion has to go in the name of Jesus. For he's a God of order. He's not a God of confusion, but he's a God of order. So confusion has to go. There is no confusion in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your power. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's an honor and a privilege to have come behind the sacred desk on this morning. Amen. Our son in the gospel, Elder Miller. Amen. Who's going to come and break... Amen. Amen. We can do better than that. Now, if it was T.D. Jakes, we'd be standing up and all that, but we have to. Amen. 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 We have to thank God for who we have. Amen. Amen. And we thank God for Elder Miller. He is a faithful, amen, faithful young man to the ministry. Amen. He's a great husband, great father. Amen. Amen. He is really taking that scripture when the Bible said to go and multiply. Amen. He has taken it literally. Amen. And he is. <laughs> they are multiplying the earth. Amen. Amen. But we thank God for that. Amen. They're, they're training their kids up. Amen. Amen. In the fear. Amen. Of the Lord. Amen. So without any further ado, amen. Point your hands in the direction of Elder Miller. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, touch him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, Father God. Lord God, you anoint his lips of clay, Father God, to say what you have given him to say. Use him, oh God, in a great way on this morning to bring forth the word, oh God. We come against, Lord God, every time we come to do anything for you, oh God, there is that fear on the inside, Lord God, that we make sure that we're doing it right. But when that human fear, that anxiety comes in, that's overwhelming, oh God, we cast that down right now in the name of Jesus, that he can be free, Lord God, so that you can use him as you see fit, Father God. In the name of Jesus. Stir up every gift, oh God, every work on the inside, oh God. In the name of Jesus. And we ask all these things in your son's name. And all the God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on and bless us this morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Anybody feeling better right now? I don't know about you, but I feel better. Amen. Amen. I thank God that every time I step into his house, he gives me just what I need. Sometimes he gives me what I didn't even know I needed, but I'm thankful that that's how my God works. 
I'm thankful for a mighty God. Amen. Amen. Well, I guess it is that time for preaching. Um, thank uh, my spiritual father, uh, Elder Christopher Earl Swims, Pastor Christopher Earl Swims, for that uh, great introduction. I don't really think three kids is populating the earth, quite frankly. But that's okay, because uh, after, after good old McKenzie, we're going to see the doctor. Amen. I ain't ashamed about it. Just letting you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so Jesus said, pick up your mat and go home. It is time for me to pick up my mat and go forth. I just want to thank God. Give honor to the most high God. He is the most high God. He's all powerful. I just, I'm so thankful to God because a lot of times we don't realize that he knows just what we need. He knows where we're at and he has everything worked out. And sometimes we don't really see that. You know, when, you know, when, when life gets really dark and things are frustrating and anger abounds, you know, you, you can forget. Your vision can get blurred. But I'm thankful in despite of all those things that God is always faithful. He has remained faithful. And everything that's happened has always worked out for our good. And I just celebrate the Lord for that. Can we just give God one more hand clap of praise? So it's just something, you know, when you, when you sit in a place, you know, being a whole world, you know, the past... What's it been about seven years that I've been here? I just, just seeing where we've come and where we're going, I just know that, that God is real and he's moving. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I'm just thankful to be a part of it. With that, I want to go ahead and honor our beautiful mothers. I really think we have, a, the mothers have a Snapple anointing because I just think they're the best stuff on earth. You know that? They are the best stuff on earth. I also want to honor our deacons, these true men of virtue, men of honor. I want to honor our choir, of course, our ministers, our elders. That's right. It's okay to clap for them. It's okay. It just serves you every week. It's okay. And of course, you know, I want to I wanna honor this great man of God right here, this pastor, Christopher Earl Swims. Can we just give him a hand clap of praise? I'll tell you what, this is a man that has been tried, he's been tested, and he's been approved. And I'm glad to serve under him. Amen? Anybody glad about that this morning? That your pastor's been tried, tested, and approved? I said, your pastor's been tried, tested, and approved. He's the good stuff. He's the real thing, amen? He's not the counterfeit. That's the real thing you got over there, amen? Amen, and so we just honor God for him. Of course, our minister of music. Uh, you know, I, I gave him a nickname. I call him the prophet of medley. Because this brother can put together any song, any five songs that just have you slain in the spirit, amen? So he is truly the prophet of the medley. And of course, last but not least, my beautiful wife, my my queen, my co-anchor, all those good things, my good thing, you know, my helpmate, all those things. I love you, baby, and I'm thankful for all that you do. Saints of God, we uh, we got to pray. Uh, just got word that Mother Anderson went home to be with the Lord, so we want to. Uh, and I tell you, God has a way of doing things. I've been going every week to go see her, and I went by there Friday. And whenever I went to go see her, that she was always talking about the Lord and how uh, how she was just ready, that she was just ready to uh, go on and be with the Lord. And uh, we don't have to wonder about where she's going. 
That's the reason to celebrate right there. We don't have to worry about where she's going. But she's going home to be with the Lord. So we're just going to pray for, lift up the family. Father God, in the name of Jesus. God, we lift up the family right now in the name of Jesus. God, touch the children. God, touch the grandchildren, Lord. Lord God, we thank you for her life of 80 years, Lord, that she was here with us on earth. God, I thank you, Lord God, for a woman that was strong, that stood strong through the test of times, Lord, whose faith was not wavered, Lord. I thank you for that, Jesus. Just touch him now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we say amen. Amen. Well, we'll go ahead and go into the word. Um, like I said, we just want to keep the, the Anderson family lifted up in this, the, this troubled time. I know that we all can feel that pain as well. Um, but we're thankful there is a word from the Lord on this morning. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for what the word can do in times of trouble. Amen. Amen. And it's my prayer that this word would be what it needs to be for everyone who's going through a difficult situation. Who everyone who is deeply touched and affected by what has just taken place. Amen. Amen. So if you can and will. We're going to come from the book of Psalms, the 139th Psalm. We're going to come from the 14th verse and the 17th verse. Of course, we ask those who are able to stand in reverence and honoring of God's word, believing that the word of God is breathed by God, and it is holy and sacred. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I'll read it. The 139th Psalm, uh, chapter, uh, verse 14 reads, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. The 17th verse says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them. The title for today's message is True Value, God's Value. Let us pray. Lord God, we come before you, God, and we thank you, Lord God, for just another time to assemble as a body of believers, God. I thank you for every Christian represented in this house, God, and I thank you for everyone who desires to become one, God. I pray that you will breathe on this word, Father God. Let it bring life, Father God, to dead situations, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that you would uh, kill Chase Miller right now, that he would die, that you would live through him, Lord God. For he is nothing but clay, Father God, ready to be molded by you, Father God. God, we once again just lift up the Anderson family, Lord God, and all those who are closely associated with them, God. I pray a spirit of peace over them right now, God, that surpasses all understanding, Lord God. God, we know that death is a serious thing, God, but we thank you, Father God, for where we know she will end, Father God. And we thank you, Lord God, that she's with you and she is in peace, God. God, and we just love you and we praise you, God, for everyone under the sound of my voice, God. Give them what they need on this morning, God. As we just honor and we love you and we exalt you, God, we want you to have your way in this place. Show up and show out, God. Lift up every head on this morning, God. Let joy reign in this house, God. God, we're so thankful for who you are and the spirit in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And let all God's people say amen. amen. You may be seated. Now, we'll warn you, this, is, this kind of wasn't a, a sad message, so I'm, I know we got some bad news, but let's, you know. Said we can celebrate because we know that she's with the Lord, amen. There's no question, is that we know that it's not one of those things where you go to those funerals and it's uh, we you know, we have to speculate. This is a woman of God, amen. And it's my belief that she will want us to enjoy and honor God in this place, amen. 
Amen. So if you can, let's just kind of, you know, cheer up a little bit and let's, let's just see what the Lord has to say to his people. Amen. 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 In this day and age where depression, suicide and divorce, incurable diseases and many other negative things are running rampant, it can be difficult to believe that there is someone that loves you. When you were molested as a child or if you were orphaned and mama and daddy weren't around or if they were, but mama made it clear to you that she was going to have her life and that she was going to put you on the back burner or maybe you're like me and you watched your daddy drink himself out of every opportunity and eventually out of your life for a time, then the last thing you may want to hear is that God loves you. Just imagine yourself sitting at the repast of a funeral or whatever situation you're going through, and you always have that one just super-duper saved person to come up to you, and they say something about God being there for you or something like that, expecting you just to jump up and just feel oh so much better. And, you know, you kind of nod. You say, you know, amen, God bless you. But what if they knew something that you didn't? What if they had some insider information that you may not have had? The thing is that you may not fully understand how valuable you truly are to the Lord. God could have took you out or allowed the devil to in many situations, but he didn't. You're still here. You're still standing. When you just begin to reflect back on all the battles you've had, some battles you didn't even know you were in, but God spared you. That says something about the feelings that God has towards you. As many times as you made the conscious decision to go your own way and do your own thing, Knowing it was wrong, you're still breathing and living, even though under the law, you shouldn't have a pulse right now. But God continued to speak life into you, and he continued to cultivate you and work on you, even getting his hands dirty, just for the satisfaction of knowing that you would become his perfect work and reach all of the potential that he put on the inside of you. To fully understand your value, I think it's important that you go back to the beginning. And I'm going to use a lot of business acumen, but I'm going to explain a lot of it as we go along. Before time, God was running the business of heaven. He put certain people in charge of different departments. Over the worship department, he put someone by the name of Lucifer. Things were going good for a while until Lucifer, this department head, wanted to take the entire business over from the board of directors. Anybody who knows anything about a business knows you have a board of directors. You have, and there are three important components to your board of directors. You have your CEO. You have your CFO and your COO. Now, your CEO, that's the chief executive officer. That would be God because he's in charge of everything. Then you have your CFO. That's your chief financial officer. I would believe that to be Jesus because Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and me. And then you have your COO, which is your chief operations officer. And I believe that to be the Holy Ghost because that's who Jesus sent to see about his people. Amen. 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 It's okay to say amen if it's good. God said it, not me. I was driving to work. God said, that's what you're going to say. I said, dang, Jesus, all right. <laughs> I was pretty good. I thought it was good. Tell God, thank you. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. In a failed effort to do so, Lucifer and those who worked under him were fired. Security showed them the door, and they were not allowed to return. This failed hostile takeover in no way deterred God and his business plans. So what he did was he branched out and he created and trained new staff to take over the worship department. And as was with Lucifer, everything that this new management was to do was to embody worship. Every way that they carried themselves and every word that they spoke was to embody that of this department of worship. 
But man, unlike the one who came before him, is a special asset to the company of heaven. We have assets and abilities that God himself put in us to assure that we would complete the task and the mission that he put before us. See, God not only sees us as workers, but he sees us as sons and daughters. So unlike Lucifer, who sat in the seat we presently sit in, we were not only created or hired to run the company, but we were given an inheritance. Now, if you were looking at this from a business standpoint, you say we got stock options. Now, what this means is that God has given us ownership. The Bible tells us that we are heirs, which means that we have an inheritance. This concept in business is also known as having net worth. One thing that you have to understand about worth is that there are several ways to interpret it. It is strongly concluded that the one of the best formulas is your net worth. Now, you define a person's net worth by totaling everything that a person owns minus the debt that he has. So your net worth is everything you own, your assets minus your debt. When you look at what your net worth is before you gave your life to the Lord, you realize that no matter what you owned, you still didn't have enough to cover the debt that you owed. But I'm thankful for a man named Jesus who left his high place to come and see about me. I don't know if he came and saw about you, but he came and saw about me. And he wiped away every negative item on my spiritual credit report. And so when I invest in him, I see my stock going up, and I'm guaranteed a good return. Amen? Come on now. Come on now. See, I know I was dealing with some busy business savvy folks up in here. I ain't got to explain nothing to y'all. All right. My 401k saying said, all right. All right. <laughs> so in this whole series of what's love got to do with it, you know, today we're going to talk about God's love for us and our love that we should have for ourselves. Okay. I said, I won't be before you long. I got two points and we out the door. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we can never understand our value until we know who is the property authority, or who is the proper authority of what our value is. Hebrews 12 and 2 says it like this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who is for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's a, um, a big misconception out there about the American dollar and our economy. You know, a lot of times when, you, when, when we say, you know, the state's broke or we say that the country's broke, people look at you and they say, how in, how in the world is the country broke? All you got to do is print some more money. Right? You ever said that? I'm looking at somebody who told me that. I ain't going to say no name, but you know who you are. They say, what do you mean? If we brought, we, got, we gave all the money machines. All we got to do is print some more money. But see, one thing that we don't understand is that the value in the currency itself is, is not in the paper. This by itself is just a piece of paper. We believe that if we could get our hand on a print machine, that we could become instant millionaires. Just think if the U.S. men left the door open and you could just put one of them machines in the back of your truck. <laughs> I guess life would be all right, wouldn't it? It seems that way. But see what you got. <laughs> it seems that that would be okay. But one thing we really got to understand about money is that our money is only as good as the gold or the assets that support it. Without the proper backing, your money... Is nothing is no more than monopoly money. If you don't have the gold or the assets to support this piece of paper, it's nothing more. You can you might as well go buy ten monopoly games and just go and go to the grocery store. 
The same holds true for the church, though. There's nothing that gives you, the church, the preaching, and everything else any value on the surface. It's all about who's backing you and validating you behind the scenes. The Bible says it, the Bible says it like this. If I build a house, but I build it, but I build it in vain, it's not worth anything. If God isn't behind what I'm doing, it's worthless. It may look good on the front side. You know, you, you may see everybody joyful and jumping and shouting. But if there's no power behind it, if there's no God to back it up, then it's worthless. Without powerful spiritual backing, all words designated for the kingdom are nothing more than a waste of time. You tend to see false prophecies. You know those breakthrough prophecies? Flashy services with no power. All the glitz and the glamour, but nobody really understanding what it means to be saved. And you see a lot of tradition with no love behind it. We often give the authority and power of influence over our, of our, over our words to people who have no say in who we are. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says it like this. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God knows us even before our conception. He is planning your end before you even have a beginning. He knows your abilities and limits. But instead of looking at that for what it is, what we tend to do is we tend to look at the people who sit before us. We tend to give them the, give them the authority to declare who we are. And if they don't approve of what we are or who we are and what we're doing, then it's almost, it's, almost, it's almost instinctive just to shut down shop. But because God has this authority over us, we should always strive to personally seek out what God feels about us. So even before the, another man tells you who you are, who is God saying that you are? See, I think one of the biggest problems that we have in the body of Christ is we have a relationship problem. And the relationship problem leads to the identity crisis. Because we don't know who we should be talking to and who should be telling us who we are. We go off of what anybody says, and then that's who we be. Reliance on the words of others can prove to be a hindrance to what God truly has for you. God is looking to confirm your words to him through others. So I'm not, I'm not knocking, you know, the prophet. I, I, I stand strong in the fivefold ministry. I stand strong. I believe in it. But they're more so a confirmation of who God says that you are. And even if they tell you before God tells you, it wouldn't be in your wise, it wouldn't be in your best interest to move until you know from God Himself. But He is looking to speak to you. Before David can become king, he has to believe for himself, not through the prophet Samuel. The prophet Eli couldn't call Samuel. God called Samuel. Man cannot make you into something that God has not ordained for you to be. When people come in and out of your life, this does not affect your worth in the eyes of God. Your life shouldn't stop because of what others think. And if we are unable to get a grip on this thing, we may be in violation of serving another God. I was uh, having a conversation with my wife the other day, and I told her I was going to talk about it, so she can't be mad at me. But, you know, we were just kind of discussing some things that are going on in the kingdom right now, and we were kind of looking at, you know, influential figures and things that happen and how people react to the negativity that surrounds them. And, you know, we looked at how it almost kind of just shook the very foundation of some areas. And, you know, really examining that, I realized that that, that shouldn't have happened. Because what we need to realize is that even when one person falls, God still can keep the show going. Amen? Amen. And what happens is we tend to put man at the same level of God. So what we do is we start focusing on what our carnal eye sees. And we start, when we start taking our eyes, we start taking our spiritual eye off what God is saying. In fact, the Bible says that, that 
that's caught the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. The Bible says that'll be our downfall. Amen. My last point, and we, we run into the close. It says we cannot devalue who we are because we're still a work in progress and not the finished product. You're still valuable, and you can't determine your future value based off of what you see in front of you right now. And I don't know about you, but I get, I get kind of excited about that because I kind of like what I see right now. So if it's getting better than this, my God. It's okay to have a little self-esteem about yourself, amen? You don't always have to walk around with your head down. You can like what God is doing in your life right now. The whole idea is that you don't become complacent in what God is doing in your life right now so that when God's ready to move you, you don't get scared or stagnant, amen? So Philippians 1 and 6 says it's like this. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it has finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. One of the greatest mistakes that an investor can make is to put his or her resources into something that will not appreciate in value. Some, of the, some things they can do that are cars, jewelry, electronics. Things like these may bring immediate enjoyment and can even increase one's status. But the sad thing is that things like this always have an expiration date. So, you know, it looks good now. You know, it's 2010, and you bought your 2010 Benz, you know, even though you're making Chevy Malibu money, and you're driving pretty good. But what you going to do in 2015 when that same car that you bought is not sitting on a used car lot for a fourth of what you paid for? There are tools for the moment that in a little while can serve you no real value. Like these tangible and worthless assets, the enemy is only able to offer you temporary relief. But he can never see you through the end. One thing that you always understand about the devil as he works in the Bible is that he always offers you a quick fix. When you think about Jesus and and Jesus when he was tempted in the wilderness, everything that the devil offered him was to meet his immediate need. But he never spoke of the expected end that was coming. And so a lot of times, because we get so desperate and we get so tight and we're so confused and we're so concerned and we want immediate results, we go for that quick fix. But in doing that, we distort our expected end. Works in progress are never the best looking while they're being worked on. You often can see every flaw and every imperfection. So while God is working on me, while God is changing me, while God is pressing on me, I may not look so good. You know, you may see those sides of me that you didn't know I had. You ever been with somebody who's going through? You know, you really didn't know that side of them. But, you know, things got kind of tight, man. They kind of said some things you didn't think they would say. You'd be like, man, such and such curse? You're like, oh, no, I didn't know. Oh, man. But that's what happens sometimes. I'm not, I'm not condoning cursing. Please don't be like, oh, okay, we can go cursing. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that when you're being worked on, sometimes you're exposed. You can be seen out in the open when you're at your worst. And you often look at, you're often looked at in a negative light and not given much of a chance. But while you may not look like much now, the builder God, again, knows the end result. So a lot of times, God allows you to be seen in that light. God allows you to be open and and viewed in public because God wants people to see the whole process. Because if they can see that you are like they are, but now you're where God wants you to be, then maybe they'll want what you have. Amen? 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 So a lot of times, we shouldn't be so afraid to show who we really are. You can't, you know, you can't just hide yourself in this box and pretend to be something that you're not. 
because what you're really doing is hindering somebody else's growth because you're giving them an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation of who God is and what he can do. God made you to be you, so be who you are. Again, I stress, you're valuable in the eyes of God. He made you in his image, which means you carry something great on the inside. You're made to look like God. When God had his board meeting, he said, let us make man in our own image. You carry something great. God's love for us is what allows us to love ourselves. That's what love has to do with it. Because God loves you, now you know how to love. You couldn't know how to love before God loved you. You had an idea, and you may have had a perverted and distorted view of love, but once you understand the love that God had for you, then you knew what love to give others, amen? You knew what love that you should have for yourself, amen? You knew that no matter how you looked right now, you're still valuable. Let's do a little example. And we, we just about done. This right here, this is a $100 bill. I'm not trying to, I'm not balling, Okay. When we leave here, this is going to pay a bill on Monday. All right? So please, please. The preacher is not balling. Someday. Someday maybe. That's right. I'm speaking it to that, Miss Oh, hey, hey. Hey. But one thing you understand about this $100 bill is that it has value. No matter whose hands it's in, it still has the same value. No matter who's holding it, it's still worth $100. And just like this $100 bill, we all have the same value. No matter what your title may be, whether you be the elder, the bishop, the apostle, whether you be the worship center support worker, or as regular people call them, janitors, whatever you may be, you still have value. And see, but the problem is a lot of times people can't see your value. Because see, you may be balled up right now and cast aside. But how many thankful that God will pick you back up? But see, I don't know about you, but I ain't going to leave no $100 on the floor, amen? I don't care how it looks. So then maybe you're not, maybe they didn't barge you up and cash away, but maybe they bent you, maybe they folded you up and kept put you to the side. But how many know God can undo that and bring you back to your original state? This is the one I love the most, though. This is the one I really love the most. Because, see, a lot of us are broken. That messed y'all up, didn't it? <laughs> but see, how many of you know that God has the tape to put you back together? You're still valuable. You didn't lose your value. You may be wrinkled. You may be bent. You may be broken. But God still can redeem you, amen? You are valuable in the eyes of God. No matter what you go through, no matter what they said about you, know that God loves you. He is always with you. He's going to protect you. He never forsakes you, Amen. Amen. I know it's a simple message, but sometimes it's got to be repeated and reiterated in the minds of believers because sometimes we get a little too theological. Amen. But how many of you know, just simply put, Jesus saves and he loves his people? Because, see, sometimes at the end of the day, that's all you got to go off of. When you lack it and you got death in your family and you're hurting and you got bills due, all those things going on, all you got to do is hold on to, all you got to hold on to is sometimes is the fact that Jesus loves me. No matter what my state is. If my state is this and my state has been this. But see, no matter, no matter how, how, much, how much I'm broken, it's still a one and two zeros on the end. Amen? amen? I can buy my PS3 with this one or the clean one. Amen? Amen. I'm gonna, I am going to tape that back up. Don't y'all worry about that. 
Again, no matter what you've been through or what others may say about you or what your finances may look like, remember, you are valuable. God bless you. Amen. I guess before we go ahead and open the doors of the church, as we've been doing, uh, we want to go ahead and offer, give, it, give anyone who needs it an opportunity of prayer. If you feel like.